3: But do go on a podcast with myself, Dave Warnicke, and I'm joined, as always, by two people that I will introduce at the exact same time. or well, one first, then the other, but it is Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello, it's, it's both
4: of us at the same time. Hello.
3: Was me by a whisker there? You Jess. were, exactly, we went to, had to go to the tape and Matt was just in front of Jess. How were both of you, but answer one at a time, please? I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good, good, I guess. guess. Both pre- oh my god, it's going to be one of those bad impro games where we have to say the same <laughs> words at the same time. Was that a bad
0: impro game?
3: Yes, it is. I need a
0: word, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me, uh, podcast. 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 Okay. Right. <clears throat> podcast. Podcasts.
4: Podcasts.
3: Is that how the, the game works? You give them one word and you both say it at the same time yeah, and I you think listen? So. Yeah, t-
4: yep. that's how it works.
3: Um, give us another okay. word. Yep. Uh, how about good podcasts where people don't talk at the same time? <laughs> Good Good (laughs) podcast where people don't don't talk at the same time. time. Good podcast where where people people don't talk at at the same time. Thank you for inviting me, the the impro (laughs) teacher, if you will. Felt like a teacher role there. uh, To be part of the show.
4: Mate, you're always the teacher role on this show.
3: (laughs) Thank you. No, that's not good. They're not
4: fun. I want to be fun. I'm cool. You're not fun. I'm sorry. You can't force it. Don't try to be fun. That's not how fun works. You wouldn't know that because you're not any fun.
0: Yeah. As soon as people ask... What, what is fun? You know that yeah. they, you, you're not going to be able to explain yeah. it to But don't the funnest
3: people not even realise that they're fun? No.
4: Now we know. <sighs>
3: all right, well, I'm here and I'm going to tell you what this show is, guys. It's not going to be much fun because it's my turn to do a report Ooh. on a <laughs> topic of my choosing. Oh, it's probably tax. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's all about accountants. You hate accountants. I fucking hate tax.
3: <laughs> well, don't worry. It's not about tax. Right.
4: And I'm back on board.
3: You're back in? Matt, how about you? you? If I don't talk about tax, what can I win you over? Uh, yeah, or tax. I'd love to learn about tax.
4: Yeah, actually, I, you know it's what? I hate a bit it because I don't understand It'd it. It would
3: be a really helpful episode, wouldn't it, if I could explain how tax works.
4: And while education is obviously a part of the show, I don't want it to be all of the show. And I don't feel like I could make tax fun.
3: Not even or you or could funny. make tax fun. And I'm Stories the
4: funniest of the three of us. You know, well,
0: yes. <laughs> that's definitely not true. Well, that's true. No, that's I not. think that's true.
3: No, now well, I think we all agree that you're the funniest, you're the even funniest. yourself, which makes you Humble. the Beyonce, F- funny <laughs> but very arrogant.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's I'll put that on a
3: poster. What about me? So I'm um, I'm not fun, no. but I'm also what about me,
0: arrogant? Dave? That that sums you up <laughs> in a nutshell. Get on with the fucking show.
3: Well. What about me and my topic, which I'm going to introduce by asking you a question to jump straight into it. We always start with a question. And this week's question, no right or wrong answers, as the well, improv teacher Well, there's got to be a say. right
4: answer, though, isn't there? Because there's, an- there's an answer.
3: Well, there's an answer, but you'll, you'll know the answer, and I can't decide either way. The question is, do you believe oh. in curses? No. no. Curses. Curses. Curses.
4: curses. <laughs> All right. Curses. Um, uh, no, not so you really. don't believe in
0: curses. What about? Uh, I did for a little while believe in the Kennett curse, where uh, Hawthorne lost to Geelong like twelve times in a row after Kennett said that they'd never lose to them again. Ooh. See, there
3: is. A, I wanted to start by. I'm going to talk about a curse here today. That okay. is the topic. But uh, there's a lot of sports-based curses. Yeah. The okay. curse
0: of the big Bambini. Bambino. 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 Bamb- that's Bambini right. Bambini is a, just a baby, I think. The
3: Bambino when he was a baby. Uh, I'm gonna, all right, I've got a little bit on... A, a famous uh, superstitious sport is baseball. And one of the most famous curses, as you have said, is the curse of the Bambino. Okay. Which was a superstition evolving from the failure of the Boston Red Sox baseball team to win the Baseball World Series in an 86-year period. So they were really good. And then from 1918 to 2004, could not win it. And the curse happened, apparently, after they sold Babe Ruth who's nicknamed the Great Bambino, to the Yankees, who went from being a very average team to being one of the most successful in the North American professional sports
0: scene.
4: And Babe Ruth was left-handed.
0: See, they're the kind of facts that I'm interested in, Dave.
3: Well, do you have, I feel like that every time I bring up someone who's left-handed, do you have a catalogue of all the most famous left-handed people? I have a book people? called The History of
4: Left-Handed. Oh, Left-Handed what? History of the World is what it's called. Who else is left-handed? Um, lots of presidents. Um, of? America. America, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Clinton. Obama is. Maybe Clinton? Yeah. Um, who else? Paul McCartney. I always bring him up. Queen Victoria. Babe Ruth.
0: Jimi Hendrix.
4: Jimi Hendrix. There's lots. There's lots. Like there's 10% lot of the, of the population, heads. there's a lot of people. There's a lot of us.
0: Well, there you go. Yep. By achieving. Molly Dukas. That's what... Yeah. Uh, sinister, mm-hmm. I think that means left. Southpaw. Southpaw. That's what Southpaw means. Mm-hmm. That was a tomahawk song. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Never knew what it meant.
4: Means it like a lefty.
3: Radio, gotcha. Uh, Southpaw. That's a left-handed boxer. Yeah. Oh, you're, so uh, if you're a Southpaw. That's your style. Your Another curse is a uh, curse of Superman. Have you heard of this one? Curse of Superman. Yeah, it's but after Superman, Superman got isn't real.
0: Oh, that's a good point.
3: No, it is, it's affecting uh, people that ad- adapt Superman into TV and film. Uh, it's a bit of a curse. So a uh, couple of them. Oh. The two most famous are George Reeves, who starred in Adventures of Superman on TV in the 50s. He died of a gunshot wound at age 45 under oh. very disputed circumstances, possibly suicide, murder, maybe just an accident. And then Christopher. Uh, there's Christopher Reeve, no relation, but he also played Superman in four films in the 70s and 80s and uh, famously paralysed in a 1995 horseback riding accident and then died nine years later. So, and then there's other people that are connected with Superman. These things have gone. And I could do whole episodes about the great Bambino and the adventures of Superman, but the curse that I really want to talk about with you today, it's been around for a lot longer.
0: Can I guess it?
3: I'm just going to tell you, it's in fact probably the oldest curse in history.
4: <laughs> That's the best. Can I guess?
3: Nah. No, you're sure.
0: Uh, is it the curse of uh, Norm Smith where he, <laughs> it's a, he got fired just brings from the it to demons? Left-handers and
3: Matt brings it back to AFL. Please tell Always. me about Norm Smith.
0: Norm Smith uh, was uh, one of the most successful coaches in the VFL history. I think it was called maybe Supercoach. Was that him? Anyway, he um, I don't know if that's right actually, but he, he got fired and Melbourne had won like a dozen premierships and he got fired and they haven't won one since. They rehired him, but apparently that wasn't enough to break the curse. Wow. Do they rehire
3: him for the... Because people, the ba- the baseball ones especially, they do like ceremonies and things to try and appease the curse. Yeah.
4: What? Like superstition sort of ceremonies? There's one mean, called or? The Curse
3: of the Billy Goat, where um, a man kept taking his goat to the, the baseball game. Sure. And then one day the goat was really smelly, so they asked him to leave. And then he said... Uh, you'll never win again, and they couldn't win. So then they, he died, and they would get his relatives to walk goats across the field and things like that because they're very, very superstitious people wow. in baseball. Uh, can I have another guess? So it's older than Norm Smith, I'll tell you that. Carmen? It is <gasps> the uh, famous Curse of the Pharaohs, yeah. is this Curse of the Pharaohs, that's, that's a heavy metal
0: song, song by... Um, by who? It's a, a song by Merciful Fate.
3: Merciful Fate?
0: Yeah. I, didn't, I, I don't think I'd ever heard of it called the Curse of the Pharaohs. So that's all of the pharaohs.
3: So there's a... The Curse of the Pharaohs is sort of an overarching name for many possible curses from dead pharaohs. And the Curse of Tutankhamun, or Tutankhamun, as people keep saying in documentaries that I watched... Uh, is you the, do
4: a lot of research.
3: I have spent a lot of time on this. Because growing up, my dad is very big into Egypt. So I've had this... <laughs> When when I was, when, If you asked me when I was eight what I wanted to be, I would have told you an archaeologist. Oh,
4: cute. And I've said it before, but I, when I imagine you guys as kids, I just imagine tiny cartoon versions of what you look like now.
3: Muppet babies. Yeah,
4: kind of, yeah. I
3: didn't look very much different, I'm not going to lie. I'm
4: sure. Has your dad ever been to Egypt?
3: Yes. Yeah, so oh, thank goodness. About five or six years ago, him and my mum went just before the sort of Arab Spring, and Egypt's a pretty dodgy place now. Um, but they went there and had the best time ever, and I... Witnessed that by watching three and a half thousand travel photos one night. Oh my god! Uh. So I know a little bit about Egypt, and I've uh, been interested in this topic. So I want to talk about the uh, curse of King Tut, as people colloquially know him. So do you guys know King Tut? (laughs) (laughs) Sit on your (laughs) toot. Got to hit the toot. You guys, do you guys know much about King Tut? (laughs) Love that.
0: Um, How much of the stuff in the Mummy and the Mummy Returns was True.
3: Uh, the mummy has never returned. Okay. The mummy has never come back to life. I okay. went to
4: an exhibition, I'm pretty sure, a Tutankhamun exhibition. Yeah, there was one here
3: in Melbourne. Did yeah, you go to that? A couple of years ago. I yeah. went to that. Don't remember a lot.
4: So I'm sure it's going to come back, but right now, can't think of any facts. But that's okay. Do you
3: know what, do you know he, he was left-handed?
4: What?
0: Not true. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But he did play for the Melbourne Demons. Yeah, right.
4: and he was in TISM. So, <laughs> <laughs> long-term listeners
0: possible. will enjoy that. That's possible. Um, Do we have? He was. A, he was a child, right? Well,
3: like, he was once a child. That is correct. Ah, like I many. Knew, it. Knew, it. knew it. Very
0: good. Thank you.
3: No, that's very good. So he was born in thirteen forty-one BC, and he died about eighteen years old in thirteen twenty-three BC. And uh, he spent nine years on the throne, so that makes him... He became the king when he was only nine or ten, so he was just a child king.
1: Right.
3: And it's not, such a long time ago that not that much is known about his life in comparison to many other other pharaohs. There's not that much record of him. But just to put it into perspective when he was alive, he was, that's 3,300 years ago. Yes. So the Great Pyramids of Egypt, the Pyramids of Giza, were already 1,300 years old, so they're really, really old. Uh, but he died more than 1,300 years before Jesus Christ was born.
0: Oh, is that... Do you think they're connected somehow? Some sort of curse.
3: <gasps> uh, but King Tut, his father, was the pharaoh. That's how he became pharaoh. And his mother and father were brother and sister. And oh. oh, he died young. And then King Tut married his half-sister, Anak who had a different mother, Nefertiti. And both of these names are used in the Brendan Fraser films, The Mummy. Yes. And the characters are very loosely based on them. So there you go. It's ah. a little bit there, Matt. Wow. Uh, Tut and his wife, who was... His sister-wife. His sister-wife. Well, His the si- Siamese twin. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid it didn't work out that so well for them. They had two daughters, both of them stillborn. But uh, because he was so young when he became king, it's assumed that he had political advisers do a lot of work for him. No,
4: I reckon a nine-year-old knows what they're doing. No, I want to change everything. He's got good policies. Chocolate milk all the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Famous for their chocolate milk, yeah. Egyptians.
4: Just want to watch Rugrats. I don't know. Are you too old for Rugrats at nine? I don't know.
3: Probably, you're probably three thousand years too early for Rugrats. Good point. Yes.
4: Probably too too early for chocolate milk too. Eh.
3: Um, well, I say he didn't do much. But the country was quite weak economically following his father's reign, who didn't do that well. But uh, King Tut, before he was eighteen, he did change a few things, like the location of the capital city. He changed the god they worship, and he built a few shrines. So he, he did a couple. He did quite he a bit. He changed the god they worship, but yeah. he didn't do much. Yeah. So his dad was like, "Nah, it's all about this god." And then he became king, and he was like, "Nah, it's all about this
0: god."
4: Okay. Cool. And when you're a
3: Egyptian peasant, you just got to say two thumbs up.
0: You got it, absolutely. King. Yeah, yeah. You got it, King. I was fully dedicated to this god yesterday. But... <laughs> but if this child says so, I'm now, I now believe in a different cat.
3: Yeah. they have got a praise <laughs> yeah. Spike the dog from Rugrats. They're all praising. <laughs> they be praising. They be
4: praising Spike. Praise be to Spike.
3: <laughs> um, his body has been examined, this is King Tut, and it's thought that he walked with a cane because of deformations. Or deformities in his left foot. Like left he, foot. Left foot. So, yes, le- <laughs> left foot was okay. the bad one. I'm afraid. Yeah, no, it always is. He also had a slightly cleft pellet, possibly a mild case of scoliosis, which is oh. when you have a, a spine is curved slightly. So he he didn't get around very well. Because sounds hot. Oh. and I've seen. If you go on the internet, you can Google. They've done like uh, images of like they've recreated what he would look like, and he looks hot? like he's in pain. He looks hot. Yeah. He's also wearing some sort of big, sort of n- nappy shroud is the yeah. only thing he's wearing. I don't know why they decided to Real pick that. Real sexy. Real sexy-like. <laughs> i got a bit of a crush on Tut. Mm. Would, does it uh, make you, do you get hot for Tut when, um... <laughs> hot for t- hashtag hot for Tut. <laughs> t- please tweet that. he's would be so good. That would be so great. In DNA tests of his mummy, scientists found uh, DNA from mosquito-borne parasites that cause malaria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's currently the oldest known genetic proof of malaria. Oh, mama.
4: He See, he's a
0: trendsetter. A sack of d- disease. He was
3: not doing so well. <laughs> it's a sack of disease. Are uh, these factors combined with the fractures in his left thigh bone, which scientists discovered in 2005, may have ultimately killed the king when he was very young? So he was struggling
0: healthwise. But his parents were brother and sister. Is that right?
3: That's right. Yeah, so.
0: And then he's. When did they, When did people figure out that that isn't the way to do it? Wait, right,
4: his parents were brother and sister. Yes. And then he also. Married his married, half-sister. Half-sister, yes. you right, had a,
3: sorry, a yep. different mother. That's right. And yeah. uh, his wife, she did uh, quite well. She remarried a powerful political advisor after King Tut got out there, uh, who became pharaoh for four years. But then he was usurped. He was taken off by a guy who decided to erase all the memory of King Tut and his family. Oh. So he deleted... You know. like,
4: like in uh, Men in Black, and he just erased oh, everyone's memory. Exactly. Memories. He
3: just used that little advi- device. And I am a no one remembered man. him. Wow. But Tut was was buried before he was forgotten and entombed in the famous Valley of the Kings. You guys heard of the Valley of the Kings? Yes. It's where pharaohs and other rich people, (laughs) they were buried for nearly 500 years. But his memory was all but forgotten. And in terms of famous pharaohs, for a long time, he was nowhere near the top. So these days you probably say, think of a pharaoh, King Tut probably comes to mind straight away. Mm -hmm. But to draw a political analogy here for you, Matt, it's kind of like... A former Australian Prime Minister today that barely anyone's heard of, like Sir Earl Page, who was PM for 19 days in the 60s. In 3,000 years, he's the one that everyone talks about, but no
0: one's heard well, of. He Ma- did change our God, remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, for, I remember. For 19 days in the 60s. Yeah,
4: remember that time we all worshipped that cat?
0: Yeah, I remember.
3: <laughs> in, the, in the 60s?
0: If you were there, if, if, if you say you're in the 60s worshipping a cat, you weren't really
3: there a uh, King Tut lay there for over three thousand years, pretty much Lazy undisturbed. What a nap! His tomb uh, was small for a king, probably because he died so young. <laughs> How, did you said he died at eighteen or nineteen. Eighteen or
0: nineteen. So I mean, that is probably fully grown, right? What kind of growth spur? No, are you I'm expecting still I'm still
4: have? hoping for a little growth spurt. I'd like to be a tiny bit taller. A
0: you little bit? Yeah. You're hoping to get like maybe two more
3: centimeters out? Yeah, just something. Wow. Well,
4: so just have some sort When was the
0: last growth spurt you had, Jess?
4: I don't I remember when I stopped growing. Maybe like 17.
0: So there's an eight year gap.
4: Yeah, but there's still hope.
0: Jess, look at me. I can't. Jess, look at me. Please? <laughs> oh, no. Jess. It's not going to happen, mate.
3: Jess, I believe in you. Thanks, Dave. I reckon you're going to be the tallest girl on the podcast.
4: Hey, thank you.
0: Dave, don't promise her things you can't deliver. I'm so sorry.
4: Thanks.
3: Hey,
0: but you know it's what? Like you're my I don't think you're going to die
3: young like King Tut because they were caught off guard when he died. So they had to put him in someone else's tomb. They weren't Ooh. ready for him. So, they, so that's why he's in this really small tomb. And early on, tomb robbers managed to break in and do some thieving, but there were signs that they got caught, probably killed, let's be honest. Uh, and they didn't get away with a whole lot. So they just they quickly tidied up the tomb and filled the hole. And then about 100 years later, the rock and dirt from digging another tomb was just tossed over where King Tuts was, and the location was lost forever. <gasps> so, when the era of massive tomb robberies began a few dynasties of pharaohs later, no one broke into his tomb. They just let it because let no one knew it was there. It was a great oh, era. wow. Great yeah, era. what a time. Magical time. Did Again, you, if the you 21st, remember the 21st, 21st dynasty, is that what you're talking about, Matt? If you remember yeah. the tomb robbing, you weren't really there. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Now, there had been a few stories of curses pertaining to Egyptian mummies and tombs and the like floating around for a few hundred years. But this discovery of King Tut took this idea of a pharaoh's curse to a whole new level, and at the same time, it launched a whole new era of Egyptology and archaeology in the area.
4: Egyptology! Oh, like yeah. musicology.
3: Cuts to the 19th century. An English aristocrat named Lord Carnarvon was born in 1866 and can only be described as exceedingly wealthy. His family home... Was Highclere Castle, which you may know as the real-life location of the building known to viewers of Downton Abbey. Oh my God! When you, well, I don't watch Downton Abbey, but when you said might be known, I thought Downton
4: Abbey. Downton Abbey, so that's cool. Did you know that building? It's I'm really seen nice pictures, and looking
3: Yeah. Yeah. So he was rich enough to own that and live wow. there. And he owned and raced horses. Was Maggie also?
4: Smith there then?
3: Oh yeah, she was. Was she a butler? I've <laughs> no, never watched it. But I do enjoy the castle and the theme song. <laughs> Good violin work.
0: Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm unfamiliar, but Me too.
3: just imagine a really sweet, like 18th century castle house. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Now add some violin, and oh, now, yeah. now Google Maggie Smith's face.
4: No need to Google that. It's it's always there. It's burned in.
3: Maggie Smith. Don't know her. Do I, should I know <laughs> her? Maybe like, after the show, I genuinely Google her. All right. Alright, so this guy, Lord Carnarvon, he owned and raced horses. He also recklessly raced cars, which I mentioned because he had a terrible accident whilst driving erratically. Oh no, did he play Superman? No. (laughs) (laughs) He was not a super lord. Uh, He was ordered by his doctors to get out of England, out of the cold, and go to Egypt to recover in the dry heat. You know that thing that your doctor says? Go to Egypt for winter? That's how rich this guy was. So just He, himself, over Egypt he was keen bit. to do that because he was an amateur Egyptologist and he'd already sponsored other digs when he was given permission in 1914 to dig in the famous Valley of the Kings, which Ooh. I mentioned earlier. Ooh, Ooh, getting cool. coming coming up. Can back, you just yeah. quickly
0: explain Egyptology to people who wouldn't haven't heard of that term? Uh, it's c- c- kind of just like archaeology, but
3: specifically Egyptian antiquities.
0: Right. That's cool. It feels like you, you hear those things a lot and they just feel like bullshit things. Just like anything with ology in the end. Oh, there's so many. Study of Jess. Jessology? Yeah, Jessology. Per- percology. Percology. percology.
3: That's That sounds like one though, doesn't it? Percology.
0: Yes, it does. And I reckon I reckon there's people out there right now studying away.
3: On per- well, we heard on the McDonald's episode about... Mc- I still can't get over Hamburger University. Yeah, it's pretty I great. I still think that that's lie. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. But this guy, he's, a, he's, but he's an amateur Egyptologist, which means he's just got a lot of money and he sort of sponsors digs and says, yeah, I'll collect the winnings, pretty much. Uh, then an archaeologist named Howard Carter, very important to this story, you know, Howie, Howard Carter.
4: Howard Carter. He'd
3: been employed as an assistant on Carnarvon's earlier Egyptian-sponsored digs and he was employed by Carnarvon on this new dig that he got to go at, the Valley of the Kings. Uh, Howard Carter, in 1914, when he was hired by Carnarvon, he was 40 years old at this time. He was already very experienced as an archaeologist, and he'd been a dig supervisor and had risen to become the chief inspector of antiquities for the Egyptian government. There's a wanky title for you, Matt. Not bad. Not bad. But a combination of a fractious personality and commitment to actually do his job ended up in Howard getting sacked from his government post. What happened was quite controversial. Some French tourists got rowdy at one of the... Department of Antiquities Science. Not surprised. Not, surprising. not, surprising. not surprised at all. But they all. were pretty uh, high up Frenchies. And he told them to get the hell out, because that's his job. Then they complained to Howard's boss, who told Howard to apologise, and he refused.
4: Yeah. How do you reckon he told them to to get out, Matt?
0: I reckon he would have said...
3: Do an impression. Which you're famous what? for. English
0: impression. He's English. He's English. You're again.
4: good at English accents.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Uh, chaps, this is, this is not on... Uh. <laughs> Get out, uh, too sweet. Okay, <laughs> I will not apologise.
3: And that kind of language got him fired. Get out, too sweet. sweet.
0: Yeah, I was really. No, seriously, th- fuck off. That's
4: what I was. That's what I was fishing for. <laughs> I wanted what is you setting him up? I too. wanted a classic Matt Stewart. Fuck off.
0: Excuse me, there, bo- uh, boyo. I'm, my, I'm. I've had it up to here. Okay, now uh, a po. <laughs> no, seriously, now fuck off. <laughs> I've got a catchphrase. Though. I love it. And, I and
3: definitely great. enjoyed that. But I he got fired well because because of that fuck off. He got fired. And he got replaced by another archaeologist, Arthur Weigel. And Arthur, in 1912, he found a tomb that he claimed was King Tut's tomb. He was like, yeah, this is totally it.
0: Claim. But... Yeah, the claim makes me feel like it's probably not. It's not nah. true.
3: That's right. Ah. Well, by, by this time, siri- Well, by the time serious digging began in Egypt in the late 18th, early 19th century... What remained of the tombs they were finding were mostly long, dark corridors extending into the ground, Like, and they, they had barely any treasure left in them. It was mainly, like, collapsed corridors, and they would just go in there and get the rubble out. That was pretty much what archaeologists were doing for a long time. Not much treasure remained at all at this time, and no pharaoh had ever been found in their tomb undisturbed just as priests had left them when they died.
0: Whoa. So that was completely unheard of. They'd all been found with, like... Um
4: you know when your friend passes out at a party yeah. and you draw like, like a whiskers it him? <laughs> 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 you know, everywhere. You're wearing a party hat. Yeah,
3: hand in a bowl, bowl of warm warm <laughs> water. Piss all over the
0: mummy. That's a myth, apparently. The hand mummies. in the water. Yeah, mummies, the mummies. Won- mummies won't piss. Mummies won't piss. Once they're dead, they don't do it. That's weird. It's a myth.
4: No, nah, I don't believe it. I
3: reckon
0: it's true. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Now, our rich man, Carnarvon, he'd gotten the rights <laughs> to dig in the Valley of the King from a wealthy American lawyer called Theodore, who'd been digging there for years, and he'd had a lot of great success finding stuff, but he thought that everything was already dis- discovered. He well, was listen like,
4: here, see? I listen found here, it all. I found it all before <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Wait, you. Wait, is that Sydney?
3: Yeah, Sydney's back. That's Sydney's great-grandfather, mm. Theodore Scheinberg. But <laughs> <laughs> he was like, there's no point searching here, boys. I've found it all, and I'm going back to Keish
4: Lorraine.
0: <laughs> That's a weird callback to what, Back to the Future episode.
3: That's right. If you haven't heard that, then
4: go and listen. Fuck it to off. It. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Matt.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really, when you patted me on the head as you said that, that really hammered home the point. I think.
3: I was just. Oh. In, I was just. It was a good way of saying, "You're all right, Matt. <laughs> You're all right by me." <laughs> but Carnarvon and Carter, they were told, hey, there's nothing here, but you can have th- my dig site. That's cool. So you had to get permission, and there was only a certain amount of people that were allowed to dig there per year. So they got permission. But they were certain there was at least one tomb remaining undiscovered, and they were searching for the, the real tomb of King Tut. Carter had been told that the guy I mentioned earlier, Arthur Weigel, who'd claimed he'd found it, actually hadn't. But what he'd found was remains from the funeral banquet.
4: Oh, just a bit of leftovers. A bit of leftovers. <laughs> so
3: he found a bit of a bit of turkey. <laughs> yeah, he found like a... You know, a couple Canapes, of baked potatoes.
4: Half, yeah. a half a bottle of champagne. champagne
0: Minimum chips. <laughs> <laughs> Inside the paper. You never... I was talking to someone about this recently. That never gets finished, does it?
4: Minimum chips. Mm, no.
0: Chips. Because I, I was out with some people and they bought two big bags of chips. I'm like, and they're like, we're worried that we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't have enough. But I yeah. don't know. I, no matter how much, many chips you have, there's always leftover chips.
3: How about this theory? If you get, say it's $4 for a minimum chips, Yeah. but you just ring up and ask for $8 of chips, do they give you two minimum chips? I don't think they do. I think they get one minimum chip and add a bit more. So I think you're best to
0: ask for two minimum two chips. That's my tip. Ah,
4: okay. Is All it right. still
0: a minimum chips if you get two of them? Oh, that's a wow. That's, like a, that's one of those questions of, you know, tree fall in the woods sort yeah.
3: of stuff. It's a tree fall in the woods. Did the bear eat the chips?
4: Bears don't eat chips. Think about True it, guys. question. I I I'm falling for that got again. Got him on technicality.
3: But these dudes in the desert there, so they would found this funeral banquet, so they knew where to start looking. So they were like, if the banquet was here, the tomb's probably close by because you have the banquet near the tomb. So they had a place to start digging, which sounds really promising, right? Yeah. Well, they dug in the sand for the next seven years and didn't find anything. Oh, oh Every day, seven How years. How do you
4: know where to start digging?
3: Oh, because of that, they were like, oh, the yeah, guy no, found... Yeah, no, no,
4: but like you've just found one bit. Anyway.
3: Oh, this guy can I'm an Egyptologist. Well, the archaeologist Carter, he was really methodical. He would just do metre by metre, like, dig here, nothing. Dig here, nothing. And there's a lot of desert out there to find. They didn't find anything. What
4: if it was two metres down? I think he probably went
3: 300 metres down with every metre. Oh, no wonder it took seven years. Yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. This is Carter. It got to 1922, and Lord Carnarvon told Carter that he could no longer afford to fund what he thought was a useless project. You've been digging for seven years, mate. We found nothing... Cut it off. Carter begged for one more season. He said, give me one more year. I'll do it even if I have to pay for it myself. So Carnarvon agreed, and only three days later, Mm. workers discovered stone steps that led to a doorway, and it was stamped with an ancient seal. That seal was quickly realized to be the mark of royalty. So they got really excited. Carter sends a telegram to the Earl to Carnarvon saying, hey, man, I found the thing. I'll, we'll wait for your arrival You've paid for this We've waited So they Wait for him to come over From England
4: What What would that have Sounded like Matt When he's on his way Over from England
0: Um Just ordering refreshments On the aeroplane yeah. Well I'm uh, I'm on my way over now Um Might just have a bit of a nap
3: It's pretty
0: good Exciting times
4: Yeah In the 20s wow. Well I
3: asked for that impression <laughs> oh, Me too I'm c-
0: <laughs> the ro- They don't call them
3: The <laughs> roaring just, 20s for nothing character
0: Just uh Settle in here Get myself comfortable <laughs> Are you on the plane? Plane? Yes, I'm here on a plane. Um, boat? <laughs> How have you got boat there? Plane. plane? Uh, um, another whiskey, please. I'm just going to have a little nap. <laughs> another one, two naps. It's, oh, it's probably taken a long time. It's but a long flight. Well, I haven't settled into the first nap. Now, <laughs> <laughs> enough uh, talk back there.
4: Is uh, he also? Is he flying the plane? <laughs> <laughs> it's also flying enough the plane. talk back there. <laughs> yeah, to, quiet, you. Quiet down. I'm trying to nap while flying this plane.
0: <laughs> Jeez Louise.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well, While he was waiting for the earl to arrive, Carter, uh, back at home in Egypt at his house, he had the first sign of something bad happen to him. He had bought a yellow canary bird to help keep him company. The unmarried man needed something to come home to for seven years after oh digging through the God. sand for 12 hours every day. <laughs> do you think a
0: little canary is going to do the job? It's going to be really inappropriate then. Well, well, let's see. What what did you no, have? Let's fine. see how inappropriate Cards it was. on the table, Perkins.
4: No, it's fine. Just keep going. Now it's not funny because I've said I was going to be inappropriate and now you're just going to have to edit this out anyway.
3: Well, apparently all (laughs) the guys on the expedition were excited about the colourful bird. (laughs) Oh! And they said it would lead them to the tomb and saw the bird as a symbol of hope. But Carter came home that night and his servant ran towards him with a bundle of yellow feathers in his hand saying he'd heard a rustling and a cobra was eating the canary in the cage. Well, He added, Master, this is an omen. Don't go into that tomb. (gasps) Because the cobra is on the headdress of many pharaohs and used to strike enemies to protect the pharaoh. And the local workers freaked out because they thought this was the pharaoh himself coming to eat their symbol of hope. Oh, man. I
0: don't really believe any of that. No,
3: I do. I'm 100% on board. Matt, you're with Carter. He said to his servant, don't be such a fool.
0: I don't even believe it happened.
3: Well, take my word for it. <laughs> I read it.
4: On the internet. It's on, on the, the internet. internet. Exactly. Oh,
0: sorry. I, no, I, I didn't realize it was on the internet. It just feels like one of those uh, things that was um, beefed up later.
3: No, Carter said to his servant, don't be such a fool. Just make sure the cobra is not in the house. Yeah, good call. So it's pretty, good call. It's pretty practical, this guy. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You you, I'll check the same. That. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to check my house when I get home just yeah. in case. Yeah, I think, that's,
0: I, I think that's a smart move. When I
3: go home to my lonely canary bird tonight.
0: Oh, your canary bear's lonely. Well Well that's the thing. If you like you've got a canary for your loneliness, what about the canary?
4: You're what? each other's companions. It's got the well, when
0: you're out at, at at work during the day? Digging? Yeah. Digging for twelve hours a day.
4: Canary's got heaps to do at home.
0: Like what? What's the, the canary doing, the, Jess? The, the dishes.
4: The dishes? Reading.
0: That's not that's not companionship. That's having that's having cheap animal labour they're, ch-
3: they're checking the house for gas at all times yeah really smelling <laughs> a gas leak
0: what do they do they die if they do that
3: yeah they've got very sensitive lungs so they smell gas before anyone else so, so that's why I that used to take them down the coal mine right. they,
4: well, do they smell it and alert them or do they just no they, they look <laughs> over
3: and if the bird's dead in the cage they go gas and run out it's a very horrible job for the it's poor little a, bird
4: it's not a job it's, it's a suicide bombing
0: <laughs> Go well, write to your suicide local coal rap.
3: mining union and uh, per- save the birds, everyone. Perhaps I will. Hashtag save the birds.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is brought
0: to you by BetterHelp. I got to get something off my chest. Okay, I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for
3: my wedding.
0: That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. It feels a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that felt that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah, it was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit
3: he, that he was saving for his wedding.
0: I didn't know that. <laughs>
3: dot com slash D G O today to get ten percent off your first month. That's better help H E L P dot com slash D G O. Then on November twenty sixth, nineteen twenty two, the workers had uncovered a second door, this one with the seal of the king himself, Tutankhamun. It, however, also showed signs of thieves that I mentioned before, and it was, it was visible where the tomb had been broken into, so Carter was really worried that he was 3,000 years too late, that someone had already beaten him. Just
0: by the skin of his bloody teeth.
3: Now, here's the opening of this tomb. Carnarvon oh. was sent a letter by the mystic Cairo. Cairo, at the time, was a sort of world-famous fortune teller for celebrities. He read uh, fortunes for people like Mark Twain and Oscar Wilde and oh. things like this. And his letter warned the Lord to not enter the tomb. It read, Lord Carnarvon, not to enter the tomb, disobey at peril. If ignored, would suffer sickness, not recover. Death would claim him oh. in Egypt.
4: So he went, Carnarvon right. ignored the letter,
3: <laughs> found himself in the passageway of the tomb with his daughter, Lady Evelyn Herbert. Howard Carter, the archaeologist, and Carter's assistant, AR, nicknamed Pecky Callender, which I enjoy that Great name. name. Pecky. Pecky. Remember, fucking love that. Yeah, Peck Dog is looking the goods. It uh, it took forever, but Carter. So it's just the four of them in there, and there's one door between them and the tomb that they've been waiting for ages. It took forever, but Carter chiselled or drilled a hole in the the final door into the tomb. He lit a candle, put it through the hole, and he peered inside. And Carnarvard whispered,
1: "Can you see anything?" <laughs>
3: bit of effect there. Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. Carter replied, like we're there. yes, wonderful things. Wonderful things. What he could see was a chamber absolutely packed full of treasures. The entire room was glistening with gold. Wow. Now, what he tells people he did ne- next was that after looking through the hole, he then resealed it and waited three days for the Egyptian official to arrive as the law required. He had to have a local person go in there with you first. But if you'd been digging for seven years and you just discovered a tomb full of gold, would you wait to go in? Yeah, I would. I'm yeah. a
4: stickler for rules. Rules are rules for a reason, Dave, and it's I'm I'm not one to push them. What kind of so? They, what kind of system you is like? You waited seven years. You can wait
3: three more days.
0: English people go over and just steal treasures from another country. How does that work?
3: At this time, there was a deal where it was fifty-fifty. If you discovered it, you would share the riches, right. 50% with the country, 50% with yourself. So there's a lot of money to be made for these people. But um, Howard Carter, I think, was actually quite... He had the right intent. But he still probably broke in that night. They'd been waiting for nearly 10 years, so they, they secretly spent all night in there. And uh, Lady Evelyn, the daughter, she was the smallest, so she went in first. That'd be pretty cool to go in where someone hasn't been for 3,000 years. It'd be creepy. It, actually Super creepy. Middle of the desert. Candlelight only. Yeah, not creepy. You don't know what's in there. Actually, I probably wouldn't go in there. I would be too terrified.
4: Terrified.
0: You're going into it. It's just someone's grave.
4: Yeah, gross. Nut. No, thank you.
3: Yeah. How do we feel about that? Obviously, people. It's called archaeology now, but at the same time, it's also grave desecration. But just in three thousand years, we've talked about death a lot on this show before. Would you be caring if someone dug up your bones in three thousand years?
0: Couldn't give a shit. I'm dead.
4: And I've been dead for a very long time. 3,000 years. No, I guess not.
0: What are they going to do with them? Yeah, but even then. Put it, them in a museum? Museum. So cool. Do it. <clears throat> podcast happy to, museum. Yeah, happy to be shown in the podcast museum. <laughs>
3: yeah, they dig up your bones. The bones oh. of the greatest podcast. Mark Maron's on display there.
0: Oh. Oh. I'll have to put my dust on display there, as we discovered in the death episode. Yeah,
3: they'll have to put my pyre on display.
4: I. They won't find me. I'll be in space. Yeah, they won't find me.
3: (laughs) They won't find me. I'll disappear under very suspicious circumstances. (laughs) Anus-related mishap. (laughs) Anus-related mishap. News of the story of the discovery quickly spread and Carnarvon, Carter and King Tut became celebrities overnight. Newspapers around the world carried the story because people had been mocking them for years and they thought they were digging up sand for nothing. But they'd done it. They'd found what was thought to not actually even be there. It was the first archaeological dig to be filmed, so camera crews came out and filmed oh, it that's it's cool. very early on. Uh, Carter and Carnarvon made their first big mistake when they sold the rights of this massive worldwide story exclusively to the London Times newspaper, and they were accused of profiteering because Egypt was especially pissed because they felt that they didn't get rights to their own story because it's yeah. their history, and yep. then only the London Times is getting the interviews and mm. stuff like that. So they were really, really mad about it, and people were writing sensational stories about them. Sort of people were threatening to sort of, you know, protest at, at the dig site. This kind of stuff. And uh, Carnarvon defended himself. He said that you made the deal for the money, yes, but also because he he saw it in that way. He'd only have to deal with one press outlet. He'd do one interview, and then they get back to the dig. That was what he said. Right. But let's be honest. He just wanted the cash. Yeah. He's all about the archaeology. He spent a lot of money on this.
0: And then we get to the tomb itself. There's an easier like you could. If you were just wanting to not do interviews, rather than selling it to one, you could just say, "I'm not doing any at all." That'd be even quicker, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. That'd be even more mysterious. How about that Carnarvon?
0: The Joker. Head. Oh, dickhead's strong.
3: Don't worry, something's coming for him. Uh, Tut's tomb had—it's it, just four small rooms, but it was literally packed with thousands of objects. Oh my god. They were so old that some of them would completely fall apart at the touch of a 20th-century hand. So they had to be really careful with it. Well, the rooms were packed because with...
4: The hands are different in this century. The 20th but century
3: hand. Different. They'd never been touched by an Englishman. It could tell. That, <laughs> that vase could tell.
4: Not
0: gentle. That racist
3: vase. <laughs> uh, the rooms were packed with uh, major artifacts, statues, cabinets, vases. Even five chariots were inside that then be dismantled what? so he could oh. ride them
0: in the afterlife. Sure. So, in, so he gets the afterlife, he's gotta, he's and there's a dismantle. so he's got to first get out like an Allen <laughs> yeah, key. Yeah, you know, Ikea style. got to rebuild it. Bloody hell. That seems silly. That's not what you want to do in the afterlife. You, no, you, you want to just wanna get on with partying.
3: In. Also, there's five chariots.
4: That's too many. Especially man.
3: with a man who probably couldn't even ride one in his real life because he had a bung foot, a bung back, and a bro- broken thigh bone. Oh, well, in the so afterlife,
0: hot. all of that stuff gets... Um, Yeah, true. Of course, because he worshipped the
3: right god. Remember, he changed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank goodness for that. Uh, Any one of the objects that they found would have been considered enough to repay the effort of the of the of a year's dig. Wow! So it was literally the greatest
0: archaeological find the world has ever seen. Wow! For this king that was not even like he was like very minor. Yeah, that's weird. But I um, guess all the ones that were ransacked. You makes you think about all the
3: hundreds of pharaohs that. Like the really famous ones. What mm. were they being buried with? Must have been amazing, but they, yeah, just
0: got... Six chariots? Probably. Six and a half chariots. Wow. What,
4: what did we get into the half? Spare, Spare parts. parts. Very good. No, and no, you no, both pointed at each
3: other. It was very cute. It's a great impro <laughs> game we're doing here. Uh, Spare parts. <laughs> Spare <laughs> parts. Uh, so the, the mummy itself was inside a sarcophagus... Inside three mummy coffins, each nestled inside the other, sort of like b- a Bushka, b- Bushka doll? or ah. matrushka doll style. The uh, two outer coffins were highly decorated wood, and the third was solid gold. The inside one. What? And, and you know the the famous blue and gold mask that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's uh. It's probably the most famous symbol of Egypt. That's that was his death mask put over his face inside. Wow. Inside of the coffin. Solid
4: gold coffin. Solid gold. Because we talked on the death, burial, cremation episode. We talked about how expensive coffins and caskets are. Bloody fuck. This is
3: probably towards the top end of the scale. Wow. Probably.
4: Yeah. Probably. I don't know what, what would be more expensive. What's more expensive than gold?
3: Double gold. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Logic. Also, Matt, you were saying before... About who's getting the riches. So I told you that at the time the Egyptian government gave any excavators a 50-50 split of whatever they found. Mm -hmm. There was, however, a massive catch. And that was if an archaeologist found an intact tomb, which means no one had been there before, then the agreement of equal division of the artifacts was null and void. And everyone agreed to this because they thought they'd never find one that was untouched. (sighs) So then the Egyptian Department of Antiquities could claim everything because what the theory is the collective value of everything together is much more than the sum of its parts. And sure. Keeping it together is sort of what... It shouldn't be split up. should be put in a museum is what they thought. So then they had this big battle over whether it was intact because those grave robbers had been in there a little bit and then got caught. And they were saying, is that intact? Is that not intact? And whilst all this was happening, the first signs of the curse started... On oh, no, March nineteenth,
4: everyone died. Every
0: <laughs> everyone died. The first sign was everyone died. A <laughs> second sign, everyone came... stayed dead. Oh, no one came back to life.
3: No, March nineteenth, nineteen twenty-three. A few months after it had been opened, Lord Carnarvon was shaving, and he cut himself where he'd earlier been bitten by a mosquito bite. Oh, it became infected. And he died <gasps> four months and seven days after the opening of the term. Are you serious? Yeah. So He, he nicked himself shaving then, on a mozzie bite, dead. And he died. And this guy had survived like a major crazy bad car accident. What? Only to be killed.
4: By nicking himself yeah. shaving.
3: At the time of his death, reportedly all the lights in Cairo went out.
4: Get out. The
3: British Army, who was in charge of utilities at the time, couldn't find a reason for them going out. Nah. Just, as, just as quickly as they'd gone out, they magically came back on 20 minutes later. Nah, creepy. Creepy. Also, 2,000 miles away, back in England, at the time of his death, the exact second at Highclear Castle where they filmed Downton Abbey, Carnarvon's fox terrier Susan oh, man. was asleep in her basket in the so castle. And at the time of his death, she got up, howled, and dropped dead.
4: Fuck off! You're got, you've got to be kidding.
3: It's, a, it's, a, it's the truth. Gospel. Matt, you are so in awe that you're not going to comment and say how this is bullshit. Okay. So somebody, how, okay, <laughs> so somebody must have discovered
4: them, right? Somebody must have discovered his body. Like, let's say the housekeeper comes in, finds him and the dog both dead.
0: But 2,000 miles apart.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never mind then. So,
0: someone's, someone heard the howl. Someone, so maybe, Weird. I mean, it kind of makes sense that he would have nicked himself shaving if all the lights in the whole city went out. Yeah, that is, it was just oh. the darkness.
3: No, it had been infected for uh, many days before he actually died. Uh, but the curse was ri- widely reported around the world and uh, this is where the shutting out of the world's press really backfired on them because they, uh, the press, who were annoyed that they didn't get to cover the actual story, they started writing these really sensationalised stories about the tomb being cursed and they started quoting uh, scriptions or inscriptions scriptures or inscriptions that were reportedly found inside about people that, that disturb this. Death will come on swift, wi- oh. swift wings, stuff like that. The media is going crazy, but Carter shrugged off the curse. It's ridiculous. This is our logical man again. But because he'd been shielded by Carnarvon from the press before, now Carter was the centre, centre of attention. And tourists began descending en masse at the dig side of Tut's tomb to see the riches and treasures being dragged out. So suddenly he's being swamped by these people. And all he wants to do is get back to work because he's literally obsessive with getting the, cataloging the treasures. Not many people were allowed inside the tomb, but one of the few civilians alla- allowed inside was George J. Gould. Great name. He was a very rich man who was invited by Carter. After his private tour, that night he came down with a fever, and by the next day he was dead. No! Yes.
0: But this is the no. 1920s, right? Like everyone died all the time back then. Well, nah. do you take that into consideration. He's such a naysayer. Ni- well,
3: people did die all the time. At in 1923, two men suddenly died after entering the tomb. Doctors said it was a fever, but some thought it was King Tut's curse. <laughs> Next to go was Pecky Callender.
2: Pecky, not Pecky. She was
0: the bird, right? No,
3: Pecky? that was the assistant, the male. One of the first four people in.
0: Ah, oh, okay. He was a
3: cardus assistant. Oh, that was assistant. A ge- Pecky.
0: Pecky, what a great name. See, I love Pecky it. Calendar. I get Perky, but Pecky. Some reason better. I was thinking that was the uh, the little. No, we didn't, what, we
4: didn't think we named the bird. Oh, the
0: bir- would you like to name the bird 100 years
3: afterwards? Yeah. Um, Good, what's a hundred years after it's... Pecky. Can I call it Pecky? Pecky's a great bird. Now I'd call my bird Peck. Oh, that's cute. B- Both of them dead. Pecky no. and, and the bird. Oh. Carter, people kept handing him about the curse, trying to get interviews. He repeatedly dismissed the curse, and then he set his eyes on the body of King Tut. See, that
4: would be creepy. I would I'd find that really weird. You know how in movies when they like open a coffin and, oh, I couldn't do that. No. So, you know,
3: so that coffin had been there for 3,000 years or whatever. That's too long. When Because it's in four <laughs> rooms. They have to go from room to room and they get the treasures out of run, one room then move to the other. It actually took um, like several months before they actually found the actual sarc- sarcophagus with... Oh, really? With You know that golden bit? So, yeah. they got the treasures out of the first room first and they had to move to another room. So, I just imagine that you'd go in there, have a look around, be like, yep, cool, cool. But no, they went room by room. So, so
4: did they know he was in there
3: when they first
4: found... that They assumed he was in there, right? Yeah, but they... Were, they just I think couldn't quite get to it yet? Room,
3: room by room, they were worried that people had... You know, because they saw signs of people had broken in. So, yeah. they're thinking, oh, this room's intact, but how about the next room? Because they're very secretive with... They made it so if you broke into one room, it'd be hard to break into the next. You're oh, right. wow. So, like, it was all sealed from each other.
0: T- so you know the Egyptians they said they'd take the lot if it was um, if Untouched, it was intact yeah yep what what, what would the English uh, archaeologists get if they were um, if if the Egyptians took it all do they get anything do they get just like a you know a certificate of appreciation, appreciation. or something a
3: participation <laughs> a voucher for a junior burger at yeah. McDonald's that's what I was about. thinking no I mean
0: um, so they're still doing all the work like I've got no problem with Egypt keeping it all I think that's Makes sense, but it just seems weird that it seems weird to me that it's um.
4: I spent all that time, and then get nothing.
3: Well, we'll get to what what he got. We'll get to
4: that. I
0: mean, they all got death, obviously, but if they yeah. survived,
3: yeah. well, of So he was. I was just gonna say he <laughs> moves, he moves onto the the corpse, which was wrapped in thirteen layers of linen, and inside the linen, there's 143 amulets that are wrapped inside to ward off evil. One hundred and forty-three. Uh, yeah, it's a weird number, I know. So it's like, that and they're all, they're all jewels, and they're all gold. They're like worth you know millions of dollars. No,
4: I hate that. I hate that. I hate.
3: Oh. What? How? What? Do you, you draw the line one hundred forty-two? No,
4: I really like rounded numbers. Oh,
3: so like one forty. Even
4: well, even that would kind of get seven more. One fifty. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. Anyway. Uh, but the rest Something of the about me the rest of the me.
3: stuff that Egyptians did to their bodies makes perfect sense to you though
4: oh 13 layers again 13 layers of linen why 13 10 or 15 13 10 or
0: 15 Oh, so you five increments of five. Yeah, is okay. kind of, yeah. yeah so 145 would have been okay?
4: 145. Oh, see, that bothers me a little bit, but so yeah, better. So
0: 150.
4: Yeah, just, just get 150.
3: Would you like me to lie and to say 145? Out. I don't think anyone's going to tweet in, but if you would like to and correct me, yeah, I do would, go on pod. would make you feel
4: better.
3: <laughs> uh, so it was wrapped in uh, this stuff, but uh, the resins and oils that were used to embalm the body had turned to glue over 3,000 years, and uh, to get the amulets, he couldn't get them out, so Carter had to dismember the corpse... He cut it up, including removing the head.
0: Oh my God! So if no. you think that
3: there's some sort of curse going on, would you literally get the guy that may be cursing everyone and just chop his body up? I would. Hmm. I would be terrified. But let me have a think else, about like, that.
0: Just for the like, if you if you're an archaeologist, who's trying to pre- like find and preserve history. Is that what archaeologists do? Yeah, yeah. but he wants. you're
3: chopping up the body. 143 Yuck. amulets is probably the reason. 145, and you're thinking <laughs> <That's> 145 amulets <laughs> <laughs> within. Two weeks of performing this operation, so oh. Carter oversaw it, two of its participants were
0: dead. No. Two more dead. Jeez, Come what on. a body count. Well, how many uh, uh, have we got a count there? Have we, like a body count?
4: Yeah, let's start a, a tally, body count. All right,
0: so we've the lost. The bird,
3: we lost first. We've lost the bird. Body count. We've I'm lost it down. Lord Carnarvon. We've Pe- lost his dog. Pecky. We've lost Pecky. We've lost the rich guy that uh, had a fever the night he came in, George. Yep. Five. And then we have these two more guys. Seven? We're up to seven. King Tut obviously is dead, but we won't count him.
0: No, I don't know. Does he? Should he count? Well, well he was. He's the one cursing, All right, oh, I reckon yeah, he's well, part that, of the curse. that bumps us up to eight. I reckon let's keep counting him in.
4: Tut in as well? All right, we're up to eight. I'll keep going with the tally, then. we got a little body tally. It's going to look weird on this piece of paper that I leave in the studio when uh, somebody yeah. else comes in here to record. What it, it'll it be very Egyptian body count. It says body count, and it's just got a tally underneath. It's quite creepy.
3: I love that. Um, so Carter kept digging... He was not p- perturbed by any of this. He saw the dig site as his own and only let certain people inside the tomb. He would let his friends people in. People he was
4: happy to let die. Yeah,
3: well, he would well, he'd let his friends in and he would tell the authorities that they were all scientists, but he wouldn't actually let Egyptian government officials in because he would say they, quote, weren't qualified. Oh sure. God. So, one day, he wanted to take a tour of his friends and their wives on a tour of the dig. He wanted to let them in. But the women were not allowed in as the government was like, hey, they're not scientists. not scientists. You're using double standards here. You can only let scientists in if you're not letting us in. Yeah. Women can't be scientists. Carter cracked the shit. I know it sounds a bit sexist, but Carter cracked it. He put up huge iron gates in front of the tomb and locked everyone out. He said, no one else can come in. This is my dig site.
4: Drama queen. And
3: as you can imagine, the Egyptian officials were not happy with this. and uh, he They killed up, well, him. They, no, <laughs> well, they close. No basically his life was over. He woke up one morning and they uh, cancelled his concession, which allowed him to come in and they y- kicked him out of Egypt. Yeah, oh. fair
0: enough. Like, what, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. What a diva. What did he think
3: was going to happen? It's oh, my man. dig site. It's my Fuck dig site. It's probably like a billion dollars. Yeah, and dollars. it's our country. Yeah, and Piers there's a billion off. dollars of gold in there, so come on. What a wow. There's probably a lot of what corruption going on. Um, but when the government couldn't get anyone to do as good a job as Carter because he was so obsessive, he was allowed back in one oh. year later. Oh, it sucks. But the deal was he had to give up the claim to any of the treasure. Oh. So, like, yeah, you can keep working on it, but you can't have any cash for it.
0: Oh. He's so, what does he
3: get? He just well, gets, he to gets a volunteer s- on yes. it? Uh, he spent the next 10 years in the tomb on his own, cataloguing over 5,000 items.
0: 5,000? 5, you'd be pretty happy with that, Jess. That's fine.
4: Oh, yeah, no, 5,000's good by me. Yeah, 5,006, fuck off.
3: Here's a little uh, fun fact for the side here. You know how the, that Egyptian death mask I was talking about before, mm. you know how it's got like a really long beard, like yeah. a little goatee type thing? Yep. When they find that, found it inside, that had snapped off, so they reattached it. So two and a half kilos of solid gold. What? <laughs> inlaid with blue lapis lazuli. Two and a half kilos of solid gold. So they... In the 40s, they reattached it with a piece of wood to put on display. But uh, in August 2014, the beard fell off when the mask was taken out of its display case for cleaning. Museum workers responsible used a quick-drying glue in, t- in attempts to fix it, hoping that no one would notice, but they left the beard off centre. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they my God. No one <laughs> noticed the damage until January 2015, and it had to be repaired by a team of Ger- a German and Egyptian uh, experts so who reattached it using beeswax. <laughs> So how long between um, it oh being botched and... So for f- five months it sat there and no one noticed. And those people who botched it are now dead. Well, well, you say that in January this year... Fuck off. They uh, <laughs> they were put on trial and I'm not sure what's going to happen to them. Oh but, my uh, God. They won't be executed. But they, yeah. they might be... They've lost their jobs and they could be jailed for the... Because it's oh. desecration of like Egypt's most famous thing. But but it was like an what, accident, right? Yeah, but what yeah, should uh, they have done then? Probably called the German-Egyptian team and not tried to just sort of...
4: Stick it back together. Super glue it back on. Oh my god, you would be mortified.
3: Man, those if they live, they'll be cursed for sure. If right? they live, <laughs> but back to the curse.
0: Would well, the curse seem to have stopped? That guy's get back on site a year later. Well, curse is gone well, now, right? Well, we've got to
3: go yeah. back in time. So during the time that Carter was madly cataloguing his 5,000 items, many other deaths were attributed to the, to the Ferris curse. So get that death tally ready, Jess. Good. Yep. Other deaths. 10th of July, 1923. Prince Ali, 23-year-old. Prince
4: Ali. Ali, Ali Ababa.
3: I forgot the glorious he part, but yes. What's that Glorious one? he, that's it, isn't it? Glorious I, I, Aladdin? Aladdin.
4: I, I panicked and went... <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, uh, they Prince talk about Ali, Thebes yep. in the... You know, I said he changed the capital, Tutankhamun. He changed the capital back to Thebes. That was one of his claims to fame. Thebes. Thebes. Ah. Thebes. <laughs> Thebes.
0: T H E. But yes. Sure, where yeah. is and are these cities still around? Thebes and what did he change it from? I can't remember. I'm not sure to be honest. Cairo is the capital now. Capital right? now. Yep. Yeah. And also a some sort of a future teller. Fortune teller fortune to fortune the stars.
3: Teller. I wrote that down. Oh, that was it's spelt very differently. But yes, Ch- oh, it's probably Cairo. C H E I R O Cairo. So Prince Ali. So Prince Ali is a 23-year-old Egyptian prince, shot dead by his. French wife of six months, Marie Margarita, in London's Savoy Hotel shortly after he was photographed visiting the tomb. Oh. So, went so the curse
0: worked through his wife.
3: That's right. The French wife. <laughs> a curse is a curse. Remember so th-
0: sometimes the curse works in the, in the form of a fever. Sometimes, sometimes it works in the form of a dog having a heart attack. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's someone a who sn- can't shave properly. Yeah. It's an interesting, you know, Sometimes curses- it's murder. Curses work in mysterious ways. They do. So. How
3: about this one? September 26, 1923, Aubrey Herbert, Lord Carnarvon's half-brother, became nearly blind and died from blood poisoning related to a dental procedure that was intended to restore his eyesight.
0: Boom. Up to ten, baby. Ten deaths. Nearly blind and died. I feel like the nearly blind part probably gets usurped probably by isn't the It's negated
3: death. by the fact that he didn't use his eyes at all in death.
0: I feel like, yeah, death in, in a lot of ways, you are blind, Good right? Good point.
3: Good point. Yeah. Just he, was, he was blinded. Blind. <laughs>
0: Dead blind.
3: Dead uh, blind. Body count, Sir Archibald Douglas Reid, radiologist who X-rayed Tutankhamun's mummy, died was in January nineteen twenty four. He a was mys-
0: hundred and two. No,
3: <laughs> from a mysterious illness. Mysterious illness, man. Oh, um, that's,
0: um, ba- that's more cursish.
4: That's more cursish. November nineteen
3: nineteen twenty four. Nineteen twenty four. Still, Sir Lee Stack, Governor General of Sudan, was assassinated while driving through Cairo shortly after visiting
0: by a cobra.
4: Get out. There you go. Twelve to 12.
3: Arthur Mace, a member of the excavation team, died in 1928 from arsenic poisoning. Oh! Poisoning.
0: Yeah? So the curse is also slipping arsenic That's into 12. people's drinks.
3: It's, it's like an Agatha Christie novel, isn't it? A curse it? is a curse. Carnarvon's other half-brother died on 26th of May, 1929, reportedly from malarial pneumonia.
4: Ma- he's got malarial Pneumonia, yeah, that which could be That's
3: exist. what Tut had possibly. Oh,
4: cursey, cursey, and you know what often carries malaria? Mozzies. And the other guy before got bitten by a mozzie, the mozzie? and then he's, co- uh, he's
0: controlling the mozzies. So there was just a malaria outbreak. Yep, nah. and a few, you know, a couple of curse. Yes, what are we up to? Gun related Fourteen. Sh- How about this gun one? Gun-related shootings. I was <laughs> going to say.
3: Richard Bethel, November fifteenth, nineteen twenty-nine. Carter's personal secretary died in his sleep but was possibly smothered. <laughs> <laughs> you about that, man? Smothered by a curse. By a curse. Then 3 months later, Bethel's father, Lord Westbury, committed suicide when he plunged 7 floors to his death from the top of St. James's apartment where he reportedly kept tomb artifacts gifted oh, by his son.
4: Get out. The
0: curse was just whispering his. He?
3: he left a note blaming his son's death on the curse of King Tut. <gasps> On the way to the cemetery, Lord Westbury's hearse struck and killed an eight-year-old boy. Fuck off. Reportedly, at the exact moment the boy died, so did an employee of the British Museum. His field?
0: Egyptology.
3: No!
0: Chalk it up. Reportedly. Um, this is getting looser and looser.
3: I've sourced all of these people. Edgar Steele, only four days later, 57, he was in charge of handling the tomb artefacts at London's British Museum, died after a minor stomach operation. Died dead. dead. Killed. Oh, Gone. Cast mm. on. Cursed. Cursed. I'm not even we're bloody halfway there. Sir Ernest oh Wallace God. Budge, november nineteen thirty four, a former keeper in the British Museum's Department of Egyptian and Assyrian Antiquities. We're up to twenty, baby. He was found dead in his bed in Bloomsbury, aged seventy seven. <laughs> That's really old. I know. That's he really dead. old back then. A friend of Lord Carnarvon, he had been responsible for displaying the artifacts found in Luxor. Oh, Matt. Dead. What do you think of that, Matt? Next one. Muhammad, and this is, we're cutting to the 60s, it's still going. Muhammad Ibrahim, Egypt's Director of Antiquities, argued with the government against letting the treasures from the tomb leave Egypt for an exhibition in Paris. He pleaded with the authorities to allow the relics to stay in Cairo because he had suffered terrible nightmares of what would happen to him if they left the country. Ibrahim left a final meeting with the government officials, stepped out into what looked like a clear road on a bright sunny day, was hit by a car, and died suddenly. Dead. Dead. 21. The treasures of the tomb were transported to uh, London from a prestigious exhibition at the British Museum. Dr. Mahez Ibrahim's successor, the guy that replaced the guy that just died in Cairo as director of antiquities, he scoffed at the legend, saying this his whole life. He had spent in Egyptology, and then all the deaths and misfortunes through the decades had been pure coincidence. He died the night after supervising the packaging of the relics for transport to England by Royal Air Force plane. (gasps) Dead. But He died
0: whilst... How did he die? He died while he was supervising. No,
3: the night after he scoffed at it and he packed the antiquities to go on a tour that night. Dead. dead.
0: How did he die?
3: Dead. Death. His (laughs) cause of death? Stopped breathing, or are his we? Heart? Do you think we're <laughs> like because you guys you believe you,
0: you believe in this, obviously?
3: Well, Matt, do I n-
0: the, evidence not we, the evidence? The evidence, are we, right, we've got are got are we bringing ourselves in to the end of the gun? We've got by it? talking about it, well, possibly. We putting well, that's what I was
4: thinking before because we're talking about it. We've got two more deaths, but we've got a recording talking about it too. So, oh man, okay, if we go, we, let's assume. Evan has access to this. Evan, don't release it, because then everybody who listens to the podcast is going to die.
3: Oh no!
0: Which is <laughs> that's a lot. It's a lot of people. It's
3: millions potentially. I, I last checked. Podcasts with are those. free and accessible to many yeah. millions. <laughs> I'll po- call, call this Curse of the Pharaohs in brackets. This podcast could kill.
4: And then, like, if that happens, right? If we die having just talked about this curse, then it would be newsworthy. And so then it would attract I'd even be, more attention. It'd
0: be great for past uh, episodes. Oh, yeah. It would be I really good. I will
3: only sell our story to the London Times. Good oh. move. Dave. <laughs> good move. himself. Showed. All right. So one of the first people to see Touched Treasures in London was the only surviving member of the first four people to enter the, the tomb in Egypt. And that was Lady Evelyn Herbert. Oh. So Carnarvon's daughter. She was often interviewed over the decades about the curse, but would laugh and say, huh, I'm alive, I'm kicking, I'm 70, I don't believe in it.
0: Oh, you idiot. She was the first in. If she you wasn't idiot. the first to die, it doesn't exist.
4: Yeah, but then she turns around and goes, I don't believe in the curse. Well, now she's going to so die. She she's an, dead. She's so, 100% dead. Uh, so she uh, wouldn't, the curse is
0: going to have to yeah, send a curse message. curse is going to have to be like, okay,
3: yeah. I liked you and I was letting you yeah. off. So, so after but, her father died, she wouldn't go back to Egypt. So she never saw the stuff again until it came to London where she was living. Leaving the museum on her fifth visit, she suffered a stroke on the steps, which did not kill her but left her very paralyzed. <laughs> so, send her a message.
4: Oh, no, I've already written, I've already put a stroke down on the list.
3: She has since died. Yes! Uh-huh, yes. I mean, oh, God. How I just celebrated old, how old she lived to? too. In, t- in Sometime into her 70s, so a few years later, she died.
4: A few years later, dead. I ca- I'm counting it.
3: How about this one? Final one. 1970. A workman drops dead. T.G.H. James. At one time, the Egyptian curator at the British Museum told how when the Tut exhibit came to the museum in 1972, the foreman of the crew involved in setting up the exhibit suddenly dropped dead. Not in the gallery, but somewhere else. No one believed that this was due to anything but natural causes. But still, the museum officials were so worried the death would be played up as the curse of King Tut, they swore the crew to secrecy and everyone kept their mouths shut for over 20 years. Jess, chalk it up.
4: I'm really unhappy with this, because I need one more for it to be a rounded number. <laughs> what? How many is it? 24. Wait, 5, 10, 10 20, well, 24. How
3: about this one? Howard Carter himself, the main guy, he lived for 16 years after he opened the tomb and died in 1939, age 64. Does he disprove the curse? Or was that
0: just King Tut
3: looking out for him is the only one with the dedication oh. and precision to
0: properly look after his tomb. That's what you've got to ask yourself, Matt. Well, he's still, uh, he still died young. Yeah, she was in his 60s.
3: That's right. T- Jess? I want to count it so that it can be a rounded well, number. Well, people claim that 25 deaths, which we just okay. got up to, can be argued to have been caused by the Pharaoh's curse. But is it actually a thing? Yes. All right, I'll tell you this. Egyptians did use curses and they did put them up on the wall in the hieroglyphics. But the reality is there wasn't any written on the walls of King Tut's tomb. Maybe it was written somewhere else. Well, many of the rumours started after Lord Carnarvon sold the exclusive rights to the stories. So it was paper getting back at him. Wow. So they were using rumour-filled copy to sell copies of their paper and make him look bad for selling the story to other papers. But does that discount the... R-
4: Still, enough of because- them died
3: in weird ways. Like, yes, a few of them
4: died from, you know, like, uh, illness or injury or something like that. Fairly normal reasons, but... A few of them were weird, so I'm going to say the curse is real. The curse is real. Matt?
0: Um, I I don't believe that you guys actually believe it.
4: So that's not answering the question at all, though, is it? What do you think?
0: Well, I I know I don't believe it, but that's the famous last words. I've just bloody signed my own death warrant.
3: Um. Oh, dear. I haven't, because I believe it. I believe it. I I respect you, King Tut.
4: I respect the curse.
0: I think King Tut's a fuckhead, and he should... You're glad he died when he was, a child. yeah. True.
4: If you've already signed your own death papers, you may as well just go, <laughs> go, for out. It. go out, go on out on a high, go out swinging. Hey,
0: come, can't, I can't wait to ride your horsies with you in the buddy <gasps> your five s- horsey chariots with you. Horsie, your you fucky, you fuck, fucker, fucker. Wow, I've sworn a lot this episode. I will yeah. say
3: the final note on the story here: Carter had made peace with Tut and the pharaoh's bones were put back together and put back in the tomb and yeah. are still there to this day. Oh, and that, that broke the curse. So maybe that broke the curse. Or maybe it's still out there. It might be. Who knows? Um, you can go and visit the tomb. It's open to the public. You can go in and have have a visit. And Seriously? you can see the bones. But, um, Is there still
4: stuff in there?
3: They have left some things in there, but... Because over the years so many people have gone in there, uh, the Egyptian government have started building a replica tomb, ah. and they're going to cl- possibly close the original one to the public in the foreseeable future. So, if you want to get out there, guys, and you want to get the actual curse, I suggest going over to Egypt, go to the Valley of the Kings. Wow. Why well, would
0: you go to a, a replica one? Feels like a what's
3: well, still in the a valley? Waste
0: of time.
3: Well, it's still like dug into the sand of yeah, it would still look cool. I'd go. Would you go, Jess, or would you be scared of the curse? I'd, I'd be... Well, I wouldn't be scared of the curse. I'd just be freaked out by the whole
4: tomb thing. Yeah, no thank you. No thank you for no. you.
0: But where's where's the body? So the body's still in there? Yeah, so it's inside the tomb. So in the end, they Egypt did keep keep the lot?
4: What would I have seen at that exhibition then? There was stuff there.
3: So yeah, the main stuff like um, that death mask, that famous thing I keep yeah. talking about, the, the beard that broke off, that's in the Cairo Museum. Yep.
4: I feel like I saw the gold coffin. But probably not, right? <laughs> I don't remember a lot about that exhibition.
0: So you, you went to Cairo?
4: No, this was in Melbourne.
0: Oh, it sent it around. Yeah, gotcha.
4: It went on a world tour.
0: <laughs> I love when art, art and artefacts go on world tours. So
3: good. 3,000. We-
4: Picture him
0: out the back just partying.
3: <laughs> the weirdest part is that he's been dead for 3,000 years and then he goes on a world tour. Come on, that's yeah.
4: that's
0: w- weird, right? Yeah.
4: But I'm hoping our comedy careers are similar. Oh, yeah. After we're dead, three thousand years strong. Yep, it's going to be the name of my uh, my solo show in three thousand years. <laughs> three thousand years strong. Still on top. The Jess Perkins Extravaganza. Wow, Extravaganza. Yeah, it's I feel like after three thousand years, though, like, you can be ambitious. You know. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Wow. Are, are we done? That
3: was. was so that, that, well, that's all. I've, that's all I've got on that. that. I just want to say oh. that after. I really liked Egypt as a child, like I was saying at the start, and this has rekindled my thing, and I really, really want to go now.
4: That was really interesting, like really fascinating, and now I'm terrified of the curse, and the if, curse we, if we die anytime soon, in fact, when we die, I'm going to be very confident it was curse related. Even if it's in 50 years.
3: Yeah, you'll be on your deathbed at 89 and
4: be, be like, like, it's a curse. It's that a curse. Well, it's a curse because of that uh, podcast, that one episode of the podcast I'm we so did. I'm so sorry that
3: I've cursed all our listeners as well. Sorry, everyone.
0: A lot of those deaths did happen a long time after, so.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But a lot happened pretty
3: soon after as well, so. That's right. And some could say that all those people would be dead now anyway, but would they? Yes. Yes. Almost certainly, <laughs> they would be the oldest people alive. Wow, that was really cool. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed that, Matt. Uh, you are the, probably the most skeptical person on the show, but th- I think that I, th- I, th- I th- may have won you over there. Yeah, I
4: feel like you got him. I
3: can claim that, but yeah, no, I'm in. Yeah. To the curse. Great, because now you believe you won't die. And Perfect. Uh, and when, oh, great. when you're tweeting so
4: well. to us. Uh, make sure you use that hashtag I came up with earlier that I've forgotten. Hashtag hot for tut. That was it. Hashtag hot for tut. Hot for tut.
3: Well, if you do, we, <laughs> we love it when our, our Twitter account lights up. We don't get as many tweets as we'd like. So if you want to jump on there. It's don't at make s- us sound needy. We well, don't get as many well, as we'd we got, like. We've got a million tweets. So it wouldn't be enough. Yeah, <laughs> I am true. needy. That, that, sounds needy. Ve- that sounds very needy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's at do go on pod, at do goon pod. If you <laughs> want to find that one. You can email us as well. Do go on pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That would be exciting. That'd be fun. Find us on Facebook too. Oh, yeah, we're on Facebook Give now. us a bloody like, mate. Do that. And uh, we'll be back next week with a, another report. Matthew?
0: Yeah. Um, I think I'm actually going to... We've been People have been sending in suggestions.
3: You might pick up a suggestion. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I've great. St-
0: started collating a list. I'm going to put them all in a, in a hat and... Uh, Pluck one out.
3: Great idea. I, th- I think that'd be
4: awesome. I might,
0: yeah, I might start doing that a little bit more because I don't think we've taken any...
3: Not yet, no. Not yet, but we do... So, if you, I don't know. If you want well, to s- yeah, send some in...
0: I've got quite a quite a long list going, but... Well, I mean, it's not it's not super long. But it's, it's not been, so long it doesn't that there's, also, no,
3: there's no chance of you getting it in, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think...
3: Yeah,
4: send them. Send suggestions, please. Please and thank you. PO Box,
3: Lock Bag. No, we don't have that. <laughs> Just uh, tweet them in, email them in. Uh, so, thanks so much for listening, guys, and we will see you next week. And until then, be good. <laughs> or the curse will get you. Should I watch
4: out the curse of King Tart? Hot potato. tart. Bye. Bye! Hold up.